0: Download the free Anchor app, or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Josh Maria, and I'm here with uh, Blake Ransom today because uh, Dallas isn't—he's isn't, feeling a little under the weather. Um, so, what's up, Blake? How you doing? What's going on with you? Um. So today is a very special episode. We've been uh, rescheduling this episode, but we're extremely happy to have um, Stefan Castleman on the line right now. Uh, how you doing, First Sergeant?
1: I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys?
0: Living the dream. <laughs> Somebody's dream.
1: <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Thank you, First Sergeant, for coming on. Um, so guys, welcome to Extra Duty. Um, we are here to help with mental health, talk about mental health. And create an open line of communication and dialogue between soldiers and soldiers, soldiers and leaders, and civilians, too. Everybody can communicate. Um, first, sergeant, so um, thank you for coming on the episode again. Um, and, you know, I do have some questions for you. And I guess the first one I really want to start with is how important is your role um, on, on the battle of mental health?
1: Uh, Just uh, my role and leaders and my positional role in general is, is extremely important. And uh, I think it comes down to kind of understanding. Um, understanding mental health is a is a per, is a prominent thing in the military, not just in the military, but you know, just amongst adults in general. And uh, recognize that it's a real thing, recognize that there's ways to treat it, ways not to treat it, and uh, the resources that are out there.
0: And and I and I agree. I love that statement. Um... So, first off, obviously you came in from a time before the Army. You're much, old, much, much, much older than a lot of us. <laughs> hey, thanks
1: for that. Appreciate
0: it. No problem, first <laughs> Um, So, I mean, I know that you come from an older time in the military. And uh, I was wondering from the comparison from that time to now, right? What uh, Has things changed in the sense of um, how we treat people that's going through some type of mental health issues or having mel- mental health issues?
1: You know, I, I, there, to me, there definitely has been a big change. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with we've been working hard. The military has been working hard in general to kind of get rid of the stigma of reaching out for mental health issues. Um, one thing that's undeniable is uh, mental health issues exist. And I, and I think we all have, you know, realized that that this isn't like a taboo thing. Like there, there's tons of millions of Americans out there who have experienced this and it's OK to talk about. So getting rid of the stigma. Around it and, and uh, making it okay to seek help has been one of the biggest changes that I've seen, and uh, and I think it may just be my experience and how long I've been in now. But uh, I, I know of a lot more programs and things that are out there um, that I did whenever I was a junior soldier. So and that might be, be be just from immaturity or maybe because we've gotten more. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but I, I definitely have seen a change over the years.
0: That's yeah, and I, I've started seeing the change a lot, and I know that um even still today, even today, a lot of soldiers have. They, they still fear that stigma. Um, do you feel like some leaders are stuck in the the old army mentality now that the army is shifting over to the quote unquote new army?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, and not, not just dealing with this, but in a lot of different things. I mean, there's always going to be those leaders out there with the older school mentality. Um, but I do believe that the military is trying hard to phase those people out. You know, the uh, chief of staff of the army's kind of new priority has been is people first. And I think that we as an army have have realized that you know our the value in our people is, is one of our number one assets. We have to value our people. We have to take care of our people. So the personnel who's not on board with that, uh, who can't get on the program, and realize that it's okay to speak out and talk about your mental health issues and, and seek help. I think the army's trying to phase those personnel out.
0: Uh, and I'm, I'm very, I'm really, I'm really happy about that. I know that from my experience, I know I've had those issues with the old, old army thing. I'm, uh, from, i from, I know, I know for a fact, I know from a, from firsthand experience on just other than mental health, that the old army is completely phased out and we need to start working on a new army. So I was wondering, how do you, pers- how do you um, battle mental health from your level as a first sergeant?
1: i mean there's quite a few things to go into it and i I think that uh it takes a few different lines of effort to kind of get after it and and and, uh you know actually see change in the organization and i think you know number one you know the first line of effort is kind of analyzing your work environment analyzing the atmosphere that you're in so uh you know just from my experience i know there's a few things that soldiers kind of want and it's a big part of their mental health and it's. Do they feel safe at work do they feel like they're included at work and do they have some kind of purpose do they feel like that they they, they actually matter at work so uh when you first come into an organization that's one of the few one of the things immediately that you want to kind of take a look at and see um what the environment's like and then you know do what you got to do to address that environment you know you know kind of realize that you have a problem um secondly Uh, And this is kind of a, you know, kind of a goofy one you may think, but I always try to make, you know, having some kind of fun a priority. And I'm not talking about organizational day, you know, with your whole company out there, mandatory barbecues that nobody wants to be at. But just making sure that we're doing small group activities and people are taking advantage of, of the opportunities that we have in the boss program and things like that. And making your workplace, you know, lighthearted and fun and not as serious when it doesn't have to be as serious. I mean, we're in a serious business as it is. But um, you, we definitely need to take time out to have some fun, have a good time. You know what I mean? To kind of de-stress.
0: And, and d- no, no. Yeah. And I, I, believe me, I am 100% down with that. Um, I know for a fact that you, you, you are one of the, mo- uh, how, how do I say this? You are very, out of all the first sergeants that I've come into contact with, you are one of the most um, understanding first sergeants about pretty much anybody's situation. Um, and, and I and I, I thank you because I know a lot of soldiers that I have spoken to have always spoke highly of you.
1: No, I, I appreciate that. You know, and, and that doesn't come from, you know, being born with, you know, or I'm special in somebody else. That comes from experience that I've had in, in the military. So I've, uh, I've had experience of bad leaders when I was going through my own, you know, trials and tribulations myself as we all go through. And I've seen what it's like to have an effect, a leader there that's either supportive or non-supportive, and understanding or non-understanding, and it takes a, it can take a toll on you. You can either go one way or the other when you're dealing with something that, uh, a mental health issue or, or an underlying issue. Uh, it can go one one or two ways, and having a good supportive leader there uh, can make all the difference. So I do appreciate that.
0: So I was um we were, we we actually um my right uh, Blake here actually came up with a, a solid question. It was um, small group activities. Could you explain that how are some things that you would that you do um, to, to, to kind of get that, that motivation going for some of these soldiers?
1: yeah you know so uh a lot of the older older guys you know they're all about pt and all that stuff and you know when it comes to small group things or you know things of competitive nature which i agree with at at times but there's other things as well too like i know some of the best times that i had as a junior soldier was simple i mean like going to somebody's house and hanging out as a section or squad and just playing video games barbecuing or hitting the bowling alley and just having a little bit of you know competitive fun and talking crap back and forth you know um, and doing that with your, with your leader, you're doing that with your squad leader, you're doing that with your coon and like those kind of things where you're around a group of people that you're comfortable with and you can be yourself and you can joke and you can let your hair down. It's important. And, and uh it's a much different atmosphere than going to a, a, an org day when we're listening to you know the rocky seam song in the background or we're, we're barbecuing burgers and first sergeant and commander up there giving some speeches that seem disingenuous uh doing things as a small group of people that actually you know you feel like that you have a bond with you know, you've made that brotherhood that we all make with in the military brotherhood or sisterhood is very
0: important oh yeah <laughs> so uh, first i had a question. Is- would you say that's how you humanize the rank a little bit, or how would you humanize the rank coming to mental health,
1: or just building that bond in general? Hey, you absolutely have to, man, and, and yeah, uh, when uh, when I'm talking to somebody to, to a soldier. Uh, just And this is just myself. Uh, I try to leave rank out of it completely unless it's a disciplinary issue or something where I actually have to be a first start in that moment. Well, when I'm communicating with a soldier, it's me you know, having a genuine conversation with the soldier and, and trying my best to have them realize that we are both humans. We are both people. We both go through things. Um, uh, and it helps a lot. It, it, you go a long way for you to be able to have a, a, a normal decent conversation and joke with the soldier and you know talk about some of the things that you went through as, as a young soldier it, it helps you kind of make that that uh that bond or comparison you know for lack of better words to, to where they see that you're just the same as them
0: so i mean from, from my perspective i know that i um i used to, i sell myself as a good leader right and i i know that my my biggest thing was was uh I always did I did the same thing I always talked with soldiers and whatnot so I know that nowadays a lot of people feel like um some leaders that they do have are not they're not um they're not doing a good enough job when it comes to um helping that so do you feel like good leaders can help reduce mental issues?
1: you know absolutely I do um but I, I think there's there's a couple things to look at uh with with that so. Um, we just can't confuse that there's going to be mental health issues out there that are unavoidable. You know, people are going to have things that are just genetically they carried on from, from their parents or, their, you know, their, their family and it's just a part of who they are and things are unavoidable. But as a leader, there's things that we can do to absolutely help you know what i mean Dude, there's there's uh ways that we can deal with that individual and have some kind of understanding and get them pointed in the right direction so we're not uh adding on or compounding what the issue is um so there's that and then there's the issues that are avoidable that we can that we can help you know, that um uh, we can assist with not even uh developing that middle issue to begin with on um, ptsd may be one of them so um PTSD, you know, we all know the things that come from what we see or what we witness in combat. But PTSD goes a long way, and it can be as simple as, you know, having a traumatic experience as a leader, having a bad experience in the military. So, uh, having a good leader in place uh, definitely can assist that soldier in dealing with some of those mental
0: issues. So that that's I'm I'm glad you actually brought that up because um, first, sorry, I I um I would like to know if if you were willing to share, um, do you personally have any um, issues that, like any type of mental issues or mental health issues that you've had since being in the military, and that you would like to share with younger soldiers who may who may feel alone and don't think and don't think that the higher ups have these issues. Because I know for a fact, as a leader, you gotta you gotta suck it all up to show your soldiers, hey, you know, this is we're okay. But do you have any of those issues? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I,
1: I absolutely do. So, uh, you know, one of the toughest periods I had in the military was the was the four years that I had when I was in Germany. So, um, it was con- and it was another one of those things where it was one. Of the, you know, I had some maybe some underlying mental health issues that I didn't recognize, and it wasn't until later on and you know many conversations with my wife who helped me along the way that I that I seen them, and it, and it all stemmed from an injury that I, I got. So. I received a back injury. Um, I wasn't able to, you know, after surgeries, I wasn't able to progress in my military career. And another one of those compounding, you know, uh, things was I started getting on uh, uh, pain medications, you know, like a lot of us do in the military after we go through an injury. And uh, it put me in a bad place, you know, and I didn't re- realize that I was depressed at the time. My, my career wasn't advancing like I thought it was going to. And uh, I got deep down into taking the pain medication to help me deal with what I had to do. And the military kept pumping them out. I kept taking them. And uh, you get kind of stuck in this downward spiral of, of depression and medication and not thinking that there's a way out. And it wasn't until I had a few co- hard conversations with my wife and I kind of got myself away from the medication. And then I start, you know, putting more focus back into progressing and knowing that, you know, it wasn't the end of the world that I actually kind of came out of that hole, but it took a lot. Um, and it's possible, but while I was in it, I didn't think I was ever coming out. Uh,
0: and I've, I've been in that position myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I... I completely, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. The exact same thing with, with you first aren't um, just with my knee injuries. Um, do you, so there are soldiers that are on pro, permanent profile or who were injured, right? When you get these soldiers that come along, right? Do you ever notice whether or not, cause I know for a fact, a lot of them feel the same way. Has any soldier openly come to you feeling as if their career is stuck because they can't run a PT test or they can't they're they just not progressing because of their physical um, injuries
1: absolutely you know that that's what we and it's really really common that people don't they may not realize how common that is. and I, I, i'm the one of the cases so I'm a, a first sergeant over a bunch of uh of soldiers who can uh, run and I can't run you know I, I've, been, I've been through back injuries I've, been, I've had some instances in the military that's prevented me from running you know but but what I tell them and I, and I use myself as an example i say you know uh, there's just things that you're gonna have to do um, to kind of uh, to kind of set yourself apart when it comes to progression that's not going to be out there running with your soldiers or doing sit-ups. It's great to be able to be out there and do those things. Do I wish I could be out there and do those things? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, I can't. And the military has recognized my injuries, has seen that I'm still able to be retained, and they see some kind of, uh, you know, see that I, they can get something out of me. They put me in the position that I'm in right now. So um, there's just, I, my advice that I always give is, you have to set yourself apart in other ways, um, you know, through education, through you know programs that you're running in the organization. There's other ways that you can make up for that and still progress in the military.
0: Uh, believe me, I, I think a lot of our listeners needed to hear that because we've had some soldiers that's come on, um that's uh, written to the show, and they've they've asked us to talk about injuries in the military, and that is going to be an episode for those that's listening right now. Um. First Arnold, do you feel like, um, so I, I love the EBH program. I, I, I fully believe in and supported, um, the EBH program, um, and, and you know, other, other substance and the substance abuse, such <clears throat> so do you, um, but do you feel as if, um, the behavioral health programs and the such programs are enough in today's army to help, um, assure soldiers will not, won't get into that depressive state or that suicidal state.
1: Um, yeah, that's a lot to unfold really, uh, do I think that those two programs, subsidy and mental health program, uh, are enough by themselves? No, I don't. But I do believe that there are plenty of programs out there. And the military officers plenty of programs, and the problem is that they don't have those soldiers who are needing those resources. Don't have the leader in place or the personnel to point them in the right direction to know about these other programs. Now, I, I can probably off the top of my head name 10 programs right now that are out there that, you know, most people probably have never heard of that the military offers anywhere from, you know, USA Cares, who pays for uh, the bills of people who are suffering from PTSD or TBI, um, the National Center for PTSD, um, Army Public Health Center. There's, there's, there's a bunch of different things that are out there to take advantage of. And, I, and but like I said at the beginning, I think the problem is, that we don't have leaders in place that spread that information out there
0: first on you know what i would like to do though um, um i would like to get with you um if possible next week and if you can get me if i can I'm, I'll, I'll do the research myself i'll find all these programs and we'll post them on the facebook page instagram page and we'll get people to to know what these programs are
1: yeah, man, because I I
0: think it's extremely important. It is
1: very important and I'm all about it. So, if there's any leaders out there who are listening and they're looking for a good place to start, you know, the army has actually public, you know published some, some stuff out there to kind of point you in the right direction and you can start with uh, AR, I'm sorry, ATP-6 225 uh, which is the leader's guide to social health and fitness and that's going to cover a lot of those different resources that are out there and it's going to help you uh, deal uh, with understanding some of the risks that are out there and some mitigation factors when dealing with mental health.
0: Um, what, what changes do you, um, and and real, real, I just got another question. What changes could we, um, could be made so that behavioral programs and units could work together hand in hand to make soldiers day-to-day life a little bit better?
1: You know, uh, a couple a of changes that that I, that I would recommend, and this is coming just from my experience. I'm not speaking for the military. I'm not speaking from a uh, mental health perspective because I'm neither, you know, I'm, I'm not a representative of either one of those. But uh, I believe that, you know, there should be an in-person and thorough mental health assessment done on individuals every year. And this isn't like some, you know, generic online survey where you're clicking through yes or no, these like this. This is you sitting down with a clinical health care provider and you're going through some of the tough stuff and tough questions to see if you can get a trigger out of the, those personnel. Anybody can click through something on the internet and say that no, I'm not feeling this. But if you start talking about real stuff with a provider, and you can start seeing triggers, you can help and uh, recognize some things and maybe get a person assistance uh, who's afraid to come out and ask for help. Then the second, uh,
0: go ahead. Oh no, go ahead first. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to go into the second thing. And and I think the the second thing that I would go into um, would be mandatory training for anybody who's going to take a leadership position at the company or battery level. Uh, That's first sergeant commander starting there. So um, before you even get into the seat, uh, you know, a week long training, you know, going over case studies, going over resources, going over all kinds of different things to help best prepare you for dealing with mental health issues in your command.
0: Because I know that um, for a fact, Sergeant Major in the Army, Grinston is is now battling mental health. He wants us to remove the stigma, <clears throat> and I and I I'm happy that there are leaders out there that are in are are 100 and they're going for it. Because <clears throat> I know for a fact as a uh, as a soldier and with soldiers that I've I've had and soldiers that I'm 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 with currently, right? We we so many people fear, right? Like I said before, we they fear to go to EBH because they're so... And this is how I think about it, right? These people are so scared to go to EBH that they are more willing to get to the place where they may commit suicide. Get to a place where they'll be depressed. Then go to EBH because of the stigma and the and the way they're treated afterwards. There was a Sergeant First Class who was uh, recorded his first sergeant talking about him. <clears throat> and one of the things that the first sergeant said was well, now we have to worry about Sergeant First Class so-and-so because now he's on... He went to EBH, so now he's... We got to walk on eggshells around him. So, it, it's stuff like that that makes me worry. But I know that seeing how First Sergeant Kassman, seeing how you are responding to these questions, it makes me feel more comfortable. And I know for a fact the soldiers in your unit will, will feel more comfortable as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate
0: that there's soldiers out there and think like that. Um...
1: It, it, it looks, like I, I don't understand how they're in a leadership position that, that they're in. and that's kind of how they're thinking, because everything in the last five or 10 years in the Army has been towards going towards supporting these programs. There's no reason, and I'll be the first to say, it, there's no reason to fear or walk on eggshells of anybody who's experiencing mental health issues. Uh, they're, they're approximately 25% of all Americans are experiencing some kind of mental health issues, and, and uh, that that's across America alone, and about 10% of personnel who are on record experiencing in the military the mental health issue is not an issue uh uh it's the resources and seeking help or compounding things out there that, that that actually make it an issue so attitudes like that should be tolerated in the army
0: first do you feel like um every leader do you feel like leaders should be um so i know in, so when i went through blc um we didn't really talk about dealing with soldiers issues and whatnot do you feel as if like um you know, pro- progressing schools like uh, BLC, ALC, should it should be a they we should be talking about this stuff as well, well and how to deal with it because you'll be leading soldiers. Absolutely,
1: I mean that we definitely need to integrate that
0: into uh,
1: to institutional learning. Um, I know that we spoke about it a little bit whenever Allison, you know, the senior leaders course, and um, they talked about a little bit of it when you go to the first sergeant commander's course. You talked about it a little bit, but like I said, my suggestion, the uh, change that I make, uh, you know, we definitely need. Uh, uh, You know, more thorough training, you know, a better understanding of resources, a better understanding of
0: of risk mitigation factors that we can have. First, um, when it comes down to communication, right? um, I feel as if communication is like one of the biggest key factors to leadership, right? And when I think about when I think about communication, do you feel like as leaders we should be communicating more with our soldiers about mental health issues, and also? The programs, right? Because my wife, she's on those, you know, those Facebook pages, right? Right, first? Oh, yeah. Spouse yeah, pages, spouse, yeah. This, so my, me and my wife, she gets upset because a lot of the time when we're sitting there, you know, she'll see pay, posts like, um, where do I go to do this? How do I how do I find this? And it, it bothers me because I know my wife has never had to ask those questions because at any point, my leaders always told me um, how to PCS, how to, how to uh, go make an appointment. How to go to AER? What do I need for AER? But some of these spouses, they're posting on there that they don't know or they don't understand how. And it it bothers me because I think that the communication between leadership and soldier is so disconnected on that simple front. And it makes me worry even more because now that I'm looking at the mental health part of it, I'm like, if these soldiers aren't getting these simple answers, are they actually talking to their soldiers about what's going on with them? Do you feel as if soldiers and NCOs or soldiers and any type of leader should be communicating on on a, not a personal level, but a level where there's a, that, you know, the person where you, because as a first sergeant, you pretty much know everybody in your, in your area, don't you? Oh, absolutely. yeah. So, I mean, to be aware and to have that communication with soldiers and NCOs and all that, right. Do you feel like there is a, a, a disconnect between that right now? And do you, do you have any ideas of how to fix that?
1: You know, absolutely. And, uh. You know, to attribute to what you you guys have going on here on your podcast, I was actually listening in to a, a podcast that you, you held earlier with this uh, specialist Beam, and uh, listening to some of the communication things from his perspective that he's seeing. And uh, absolutely, communication is extremely important. And uh, look, like you guys were talking about in the previous podcast, we're kind of living in the text messenger era. And we kind of got to get away from that. It's kind of taking some of the humanity away from being in a, a lead and a, a lead situation. Um when you have spouses on internet forums posting and asking about simple stuff, where's the finance or where is this or how do we do this, you know that there's a lack of communication uh, and there's a failure somewhere. Um, I hope that that's not going on in my organization, um, but there, there's obviously there could be things going on that I'm not aware of that happen below my level. So um, definitely fixes uh, a, fix a recommendations that would be is all layers of leadership kind of checking down and making sure that that information is going, going down there. Uh, one of the ways that I try to do that is uh, going into speaking to the soldiers at that level about things that are being put out so if I'm putting out information about upcoming training that's going on or something and I go hang around the motor pool or go hang around you know, uh, some of the offices and ask the soldiers about what's going on and if I'm not getting the response to the feedback that I would expect to, to, to give then I go back to those leaders in between myself and that soldier and I figure out what a disconnected communication is
0: well you know what first honestly today's episode I am I'm so happy that we had you on like this, definitely, it's gonna. I feel like a lot of soldiers have been waiting for you to come on first, aren't? <laughs> um, I, I, I genuinely believe that what we're doing here is a, it's a nice little stepping stone. I say it, I say it a lot, and I say that this isn't a moment; it's a movement. We're, we're, we are attempting to create this communication, this change, and we're gonna continue to do it. Um, and, and I hope that we have your support, First Sergeant, on what we're doing here and how we're doing it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you, you absolutely do. And I was I was gonna say that. Uh, like I believe what you guys are doing right now is an absolutely healthy way to address some of the things that you're seeing from your level. A lot of times uh, my people at my, my level and above are just oblivious to some of the things that are going on um um in positions you know lower those might go say well because. But uh, and, and it, with the with the lower enlisted uh, personnel in an the organization, and it's not because we don't want to be it's because there's things that we're dealing with at, you know at a higher level during the day that requires our time and attention. Um, and, and I believe that what you guys are doing and having people on to kind of discuss things kind of gives clarity to people who may not understand exactly things from our perspective. And that on the same token, I'm listening to things that's coming from you know the lower enlisted soldiers from the podcast like I spoke earlier that I may, I may I may not have been aware of. It allows me the opportunity to address it. So I definitely, you definitely have my support. You have the support of, uh, of, of the, the company. And, um, uh, I'd be glad to come on and discuss the thing that you want to discuss at the time.
0: Oh, awesome. And I, I would love, I would love for you to come back on first, Sergeant. And, um, honestly, I would, I was hope, I would hope that, you know, you share and we continue to spread the word about what we're doing here and how we're trying to, Help boost it, and for the listeners out there, um, we've seen the influx of listeners that we've been having. We appreciate everything that you guys are doing, and we appreciate you guys sharing and talking about this. Um, you know, we next uh, next season we have some we have some real good guests coming in for you guys. We have a uh, we have a so uh, NCO currently right now who is a recruiter who is also transgender, and they are coming on for season two to talk about their experience in the military and how things have changed for them. Um first serent, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, I I will definitely get, get with you um next week.
1: Hey, sounds good. Um Hey, thanks for having me. Like I said, um I appreciate uh you guys having me on and you know, you know I'll come back anytime. time
0: cool. all right guys, well this is Extra Duty and this is Josh Maria signing off.
1: Blaine Ransom signing off.
0: Um thank you first serent and have a good night.
1: Yep, you too. Take care, guys.